0: marketing the casino for businesses trying to break through to the frontier of success these are the voyages of entrepreneurs dreamers and really naive millennials on a mission to get ridiculously wealthy to seek out new traffic to their
1: stores offices and websites this is unbottleneck the marketing podcast taking you to the farthest reaches of online and offline marketing with the elite experts
0: professors and that crazy guy with the weird haircut who has two gazillion Snapchat subscribers and wields his social media influence like a sword from Castle Grayscale dipped in CBD oil and lit with a blue flame ready to break through the tough bottlenecks of marketing. Welcome to Unbottleneck. Now here's your host, the nerd of nerds, Steve Wiedemann.
1: and welcome to another episode of Unbottleneck, the marketing podcast that helps unbottleneck tough marketing challenges. Today with us is Al Safadi. Al is a digital marketing expert with more than a decade of experience helping startups and established brands. He's the president of Safadi & Co., a boutique hybrid digital marketing agency in Irvine, California. Welcome, Al. Tell us a little bit more about yourself.
0: Hey, Steve. Thank you for having me. Uh, well, my journey to SEO and uh, digital marketing started way back in um, during the dot com era. Uh, I first started as a developer, and after a few years, you know, uh, you know, I had some web properties that I needed needed to build traffic to. So I learned SEO and you know SCM on my own, and that's pretty much like around early two thousands. That's where I started diving into. Uh, the world of SEO and SEM. And after the 2008 crash, I started working professionally as an SEO, SEM expert for many companies. All the way till recently, I, I was holding full-time jobs and I was doing consulting on the side. And the last couple of years, I decided to go on my own full-time and it's it's been a life-changing experience.
1: That's amazing. Yeah, we actually go back quite a bit too. I think we started working together right around 2013, 2014, we had this big uh, automotive franchise that we were supporting through an agency that, that both of us were working with. And yeah. um, I remember I remember when we started collaborating, I was like, oh, and here's somebody who can take some of these calls so that I can geek out and, yeah. and get more into um, search. And it was so cool working with you. And then, then just randomly, we kept running into each other at conferences. Yeah. And um, I, I won't lie, I think the conferences we ended up meeting uh, at were more the – we went because of the ambiance and, and where we were uh, less than about the type of conference it was like sure. sunny beaches and, yeah. you know, and, and crazy Vegas conferences and stuff. So it's definitely
0: good to get out of office. Right. And see, you know, you know, the, the, you know, your mentors and, and friends, in a, in, and I definitely do look at you as a mentor. You, you really helped me a lot in the transition. I always
1: say the same thing about you. How funny.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know that in the, when the project we worked together on uh, over that agency, uh, it was it was a big project. So mm-hmm. I, was, I was very fortunate to have you in, on our team.
1: Um, you know, you know, between the two of us, we were we were the ones that helped that brand win the Not Low Top Thirty that that year, first, uh, in local marketing because of all the the cool stuff we did at the local level for all those different services. So that was that was exciting. It was fun. Uh, if I recall, the biggest challenge in in that experience was the the user experience, folks. Um, you know, would would argue over the SEO benefits of some of the different pages on the website that we wanted to optimize. Right. So I say we probably lost about 20% more of what we could have gotten from an SEO standpoint, yeah. um, you know, had we not been just sort of the passive guys that we are and let UX have its way. Yeah. Uh, but even then at the product or service level and at the local level, um, I think we crushed it. I mean, it was a, a pretty fun, uh, amazing, and rewarding experience. I think for both of us.
0: Yeah, indeed. Yeah, that battle SEO between UX has been ongoing, right? So, so it's just mm-hmm. meeting, and them halfway. You know, sometimes even that that
1: that can take. Right? You you build a business case, and then you yeah. come back and like, hey, you know, here's more opportunity if you keep on to expand yeah, your SEO. For
0: sure. Um,
1: so today we're we're talking about talking about the topic of of e-commerce and SEO okay. and PPC. And uh, one of the questions that came up was, you know, in, in your opinion, uh, what's a basic definition of e-commerce SEO and, and why is SEO even important for e-commerce?
0: Yeah, that's that's a that's really good question. I, you know, SEO is SEO. I mean, it doesn't matter whether you're e-commerce or not, but e-commerce SEO tends to have a slightly different approach. So obviously SEO is for search engine optimization. And, you know, the process of e-commerce SEO is to focus, focusing on having your store um, and or your products found online on Google and other search engines. It's a series of things that you do to your website, to your to its content, um, on, on page and off page, to 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 help you become more prominent in the search results, mm-hmm. and and uh, and obviously make sales. Um, we I started on my journey into the world of marketing when I started selling stuff online. So I that's where I learned SEO. That's where I learned marketing and for many years that's all i knew before i started becoming a professional marketer and i was able to experiment other type of businesses like the one we work together with so e-commerce is for me it's you know i you know i have a little passion for it because uh because you can see the work you do almost immediately translate into
1: dollars dollars you know like
0: you know as opposed to legion is sometimes you it might take a little bit, and there, there's a lot of things outside your control. Yeah, but- well,
1: that lead didn't turn into a client, so that one didn't matter, right? Whereas ecom, you're like the dollar is right there.
0: Yeah, it's right there. You you did this, it, it, it give you this much lift in traffic and this much lift in, in in sales, and that's why I really enjoy it. And you know, and e-commerce is changing. You know, COVID has changed e-commerce even more. People are shopping more online. Right. Um, so so it's it's pretty important for you to to optimize your website for search engines. Um, not everybody jumps to Amazon, although Amazon is the prime um, e-commerce shop on the internet right now. People are still going to Google and searching for things. And it's not only just to buy online, but also the curbside pickup. So so, so you have to be able to optimize for all those type of searches.
1: Um, yeah, when I, th- when I think about e-commerce, I... I tend to to gravitate toward the category, subcategory, and product detail pages, knowing that the category pages uh, uh, address some of those broader searches that users are making. That I want to use to build brand awareness, to you know, to show searchers that you know we're an option if they're looking for a, a product category in a, in a certain category or subcategory, and the product detail pages, if. If done correctly, with user-generated content and, and everything, are are what will appear when somebody does more of a specific search. You know, with with some of the latest Google updates like BERT, and um, you know, you, you're hearing all these these rumors about what they're what they're going to be doing here in the next couple of months. It seems like these product detail pages are going to appear more often because now Google is really measuring the you know, the, the parts of a page separately than the page itself. So I think, I think uh, those are the two areas when I think of e-commerce SEO is how do I get my categories to rank for as many, you know, broad categorical search terms to introduce my brand and maybe get some conversions. And how do I optimize my product detail pages so that I can appear for all the millions of ways um, and, and modified search queries that users are making to, to land on those product pages. And, and I, I use that as a differentiator from what we did with the the uh, auto repair franchise where the focus was around you know getting people to the city page for cool. some of those broader search terms like you know car repair near me uh, to the specific service that they're looking for like oil change near me and muffler repair near me so it's it's very similar i think in, in a lot of ways except for like you said e you can actually track you know real ro uh, roi whereas in you know the other side of, of local search and lead gen it's really more difficult to do that
0: Sure. Yeah, definitely. And I do, and you brought up a really good point. When I start doing SEO audit on e-commerce, I usually start from product up. <laughs> I look at the product pages and I go to the subcategory and then the category and that's how I audit. I, don't, I Obviously, I care about the homepage. I care about the blogs. But it's a products that, that you're trying to optimize for because that's what your that's,
1: that's what converts. That's yeah. what
0: converts. That's, <laughs> what, that's what keeps your job. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, like I usually... Uh, you know some of the uh, you know some of the clients that we, we've been able to work help with is that they, they you know they want to stay cute and they have these cute product pages that has no content and I'm like well this is you got to think about the your co- consumer journey you, you, to find you through search in order to find you through search you need to have content you know right. so 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 you know I, you know you got to think forget about just you know every, a lot of consumers one of the mistakes that I see that a lot of consumer, uh, a lot of e-commerce managers make is that they start optimizing from the homepage. It should be the other way around. You gotta be starting optimizing for your product and product category pages like you mentioned.
1: I always always remember um, telling clients that the homepage serves the keyword that's your brand name or your company name. Right. And that if your homepage is appearing for the non-branded search term that you're going after, that means your subpages aren't doing their job because the subpages should be what appear for non-branded queries. Well, on that on that note, as we're talking about optimization and, and your experience, um, how do you do SEO for an e-commerce website?
0: Yeah, like, like I mentioned, I start doing I start with an audit. You know, I uh, the auditing, and you know, doing a technical audit. You know, I a lot of technical. Uh, Part of SEO gets neglected a lot in the world of e-commerce, unfortunately, mm-hmm. because of some of the legacy platforms that are out there. So, you know, things like page speed and, and um, some of the, you know, really bad taxonomies and URL structures that I you'd be surprised that are still exist these days mm-hmm. um, from back in the days. So that's where I start making sure that the, the website has the right taxonomy and, you know, uh, you know, follows a logical order from you know homepage, products, sub products, to products, and then you know, you know, focus on the page performance issues. Page speed is is, is becoming more and more important every year. Yeah, there's
1: a big uptake coming up uh, exactly. here in May, right?
0: Oh, yeah. yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's in the chatter. It's already being rolled out. So, so I, uh, I, I noticed a lift in not only SEO boost but also conversion when we, we improve the page speed. So, right. uh, um, for most of the e-commerce. Um, Especially B2C commerce, majority majority of traffic comes from your mobile, so you want to make sure your website is mobile friendly, mobile responsive, you know, uh, and of course loads fast. So, so right. all those things are, you know, I take all those things into uh, into consideration when, when I do an audit. And after we're done with the technical audit, then we we do a content audit on, you know, what type of keywords we are trying to rank for, you know, what type of content we have. Obviously, we want to have. Uh, transactional content but we also have to think about some of the informational content a a good example is amazon a plus pages you know they have the transactional content above the fold and then they have more of the informational content below the fold um so so something along that line where and i know it's not easy to do a lot of especially in a
1: lot of work
0: it's a lot of work and in the fashion industry or some of these other industries where you know they want to be cool and you know uh, you know they don't want a lot of content so i find that a constant battle like with me and their user i their- want to rank for these
1: keywords but i don't want to use those keywords
0: <laughs> yeah and that's practically yeah. impossible for both seo and scm because for ppc you need to have those keywords to get a good quality score as well so mm-hmm. so so i the keywords are very important and 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 you know, just the, like some of the things you mentioned earlier today, you know, like user-generated content, those reviews and ratings, and you know, and so that that's really, really our focus. You know, we don't, we ha- I haven't put a lot of focus on backlinks and link building outside doing an audit and make sure that there aren't any um, spammy links coming to the website. Um, right. Our our link building services, limits to like you know unlinked mentions and some of the really basic stuff. We, we really believe in earning links. Um, mm-hmm. If you asked me this question 10 years ago, I would have given a different answer, but nowadays um, um,
1: Oh, we've, we've looked at plenty of those spreadsheets back in the day, remember? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's really going to help us. Well, it shouldn't hurt us. And now we look back, we're like, what were we doing?
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. So it's really, uh, it's a combination of helping the website and you know will have a technical from both mm-hmm. technical and content Perspective to being sound, so that's what we look for. Obviously, we do market research, competitive research to see how some of our, the leaders are doing it, and so we can be more competitive.
1: I know. I know when we're talking about user experience. One of the platforms that I've oddly found myself promoting more than than I usually do is uh, Shopify. Yeah, I wasn't happy with how Shopify limited certain SEO capabilities. I didn't like having, you know, the the word. Um, I don't know if it was was a category or um catalog or something in the yeah. url and it was driving me nuts and you couldn't remove it because their platform is just built the way it's built and you just have to deal with it um and uh but when i when i find myself using instagram and a lot of these social networks and i find myself making a 25 five dollar purchase um, i would say shopify is the only platform i've been able to use where i've successfully made it through a, a transaction with just my thumb uh, what's great about the platform is because they've they've already got the integration with their their shop platform, um, I can literally, you know, click, 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 purchase, and then feel guilty afterwards because I made an impulse click, an impulse purchase, right. uh, where sometimes I'll I'll bail out halfway through the process. If I have to fill out a lot of forms and stuff, I'm like, you yeah, know, it's it's not really worth it. Why am I buying this anyway? Um, 90% of the time, if, if it's Shopify, and I always know it is because it has a shop, uh, purchase with shop. Um it's perfect. and I think that's really phase one when we think about mobile experience right now is sure. is getting the user to be able to click through with just their thumb. but eventually it's it's really going to start to transcend to untethering ourselves completely and using just voice uh, you know to navigate through a shopping experience when we see something we like, you know at some point you know we're going to be able to use the the voice services and say purchase and it's going to say just to confirm you want to purchase this for X dollars, correct? And you're going to say yes, and it's going to be like you're on the phone or customer service, but with with an actual um, uh, with I believe with some of the coding that goes onto the page to allow you to do a voice enabled purchase. I think it's going to get really interesting. But you're right. I think mobile is the first the first way to do that is to get a tap 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 purchase experience. Right.
0: Right. 100. You know, mobile and mobile experience and the code that you meant you mentioned. I, I'm assuming that you were referring to a schema codes and things like that and uh, I can only imagine, like if you don't have that, you're definitely uh, something you should be
1: there is an action scheme, I believe, but I don't think it's being used actively, and I don't think it's living up to its potential yet. I think there's wow. a lot more effort that's going to happen in years to come as people become more comfortable with you know the internet of things. Watching my my cousin um, in Florida order products from his refrigerator on a, a tap wow. screen that is is pretty, yeah, uh, it's a pretty good sign. Watching you know a computer screens show up on washing machines now and, uh, you know, the, the internet of things as they call it. So it's, yeah. it's going to be a, it's going to be a slow move. I think a lot of people still have to get comfortable with the idea of, of letting go of, of the concern of not having, you know, the control over keyboards and stuff and just using their voice and feeling like, okay, I don't want to accidentally order something or have my, my five-year-old order $600 of the products or something. Right. Sure. So, um, so it'll be a slow transition, but, Um, interesting nonetheless. The good news is when I survey my students at some of the the schools I I speak at, not a single one of them are making purchases with voice yet. So it's still untapped territory. It's still everyone's trying to figure it out and feel comfortable with it, but it's going to happen eventually. I mean, we we know and we've all kind of been futurists and look in the future and uh, and look back and laugh at us looking down at phones 10 years ago right so um so we'll see where it goes you know that the next the next section we were talking about this a little bit it was the product detail page and the category pages um from your experience what are some best practices with optimizing those pages
0: uh first of all the seo basics you know just the getting those, you know, the title tags, meta descriptions, H1, H2s, you know, uh, programmers.
1: Headings and subheadings. Headings, right. yeah,
0: yeah, exactly, subheadings. And like, I I just find this subheading headings kind of frustrating sometimes because developers tend to neglect that. And you and I know that- or
1: they wrap your logo in an H1 tag. I think they do that just to mess with us out, honestly, at this point. <laughs> 20 years later, they're still doing that? They're still- I, I think they
0: do. Yeah, it's a, it, you know, you would think that, you know, after all these tickets that we create for them, you know- so you're right. Maybe they just have a sense of humor. But, but you know, some of those basic things, you know, getting your title tags in place, you know, meta descriptions for the search for better click-throughs in a search yeah. result. This, but then having the content that, you know, like, like I mentioned, have your transactional content, you know, very similar to what Amazon has on its product pages, you know, like an overview of your uh, products, you know, the keywords in your in, in your in, in, in your in your content. Yeah, you have to have your keyword research done, and you also have to understand the intent of your keywords. And you know, I know when it comes to intent, no one can preach about better than you, right? So, so the keyword intent is really important, you know. So you want to make sure your products do rank for the keywords that are more transactional. Yep. Uh, but at the same time, you want to have some of those longer tail informational stuff on there, uh, preferably below the low, below the fold, is. Uh, because that helps it with the decision making. You know, if you're not sure, you read more and then,
1: oh, yeah, what you're saying in the conversion rate on on Rolex watches versus Rolex watches for sale, I mean, massively different. Obviously, there's more search volume for Rolex watch, but some people are searching because they want to know what it is, what it looks like. um they're they're not even in a shopping phase. They could be, you know, somebody who just doesn't have the the money for a Rolex and they dream about them, right? Right. Um, whereas for sale says, "I'm looking to buy."
0: Yeah, and exactly. Yeah. That you know the the intent is really important. So you want to make sure you optimize for those and 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 uh, you know the technical part of SEO, we mentioned, you know the page speed, the schema markups. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to make sure you maximize all that. The, the, the consumer reviews and ratings and user-generated content is, is priceless if you can manage to get it in under, uh, uh because that gives more credibility to your products. Um, and, and, and just constant and having a lot of and it's something that is really important. We humans are very visual. One of the reasons is the probably the voice, um, I use voice search to find stuff near me, but I have, I have, I don't use it often to buy things. And part of that is because I'm very visual. I like to see the product and, and when you have an e-commerce page, you want to have at least a few images of the product, you know, from different angles, and preferably a video of the product if you can, um, because all that stuff helps with SEO um, for sure, uh, but also helps with you know users making a purchase. Um, right. And you have, and as you add more images and videos, you have you have to make sure you optimize. I know i uh, one common thing that i see in all e-commerce you know th- those those image namings really frustrates me it's like one right. two three four jpeg you know one two what does that three.
1: even mean right the search okay. engine sees that and they're like okay this doesn't translate into any sort of english so i'm not going to apply this image toward any sort of keyword relevancy and you just missed right. out on a really huge opportunity in fact remember remember it was another account we worked on together years ago that Um, that had a similar uh, issue where we did change the image names and we saw a difference.
0: Yeah, just changing image names and adding alt tags is is huge. All it takes is that from the time you take the, you know, photography gives you the images because they give you the default, whatever the, you know, they have. Someone in the marketing team should go back in there and just rename it. And, and then, and then upload them to your e-commerce platform, mm-hmm. and then that so much
1: metadata and things that you can do with images.
0: Exactly, and then add your alt tags and everything, because it's a lot harder to change images after you upload them to your system. It's just it's very yeah. difficult. You gotta, you gotta. It's a manual work. So, uh, so some of those basic stuff that they, you know, the 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 CMS managers tend to, you know, you know, overlook, um, sure. make make a big difference uh, when it comes to e-commerce SEO.
1: I've seen them. Uh, um... I've seen a common mistake when we're, we're thinking about how we optimize pages, where uh, where a business will copy content from the manufacturer, oh, or so. they'll decide to use stock imagery. And I know both of of those things have already been found and and indexed and cataloged in, in Google and Bing's databases. So by by putting those on your page, you're basically just saying, um, you know, here, give a vote to the uh, the pages that have this content instead of vote for my page. So it's, it's interesting to, to see how, I don't want to call it lazy, but um, how they'll take the shortcuts and just copying content, whether it's an image or um, or text, and they say, how come my page doesn't rank? And instead of just, just taking the time or creating a schedule, heck, the schedule could take five years. That's fine. At least you're working toward it. You'll, you'll blink your eyes and it'll already have been two or three years, and you could have written a tonne. Of, of content for those individual pages and, and created your own images. I know one of our e-comm clients down in Newport Beach uh, converted one of his offices into a photo studio where all they do is just take pictures of products and, um, and it's worked for them. They appear in, in Google Images. They're getting picked up in Pinterest and Imager and all these different photo sites because their images are so high quality and so unique right. um, that they get referenced all the time.
0: You're 100 correct, and I'm glad you mentioned that. You know, that's a common problem with a lot of e-commerce shops is that, uh, because of lack of resources, the laziness, or whatever that may be, they just grab this con- manufactured content and slap it on their website, knowing that, you know, they're just having a huge uh, missed SEO opportunity there. You know, right. whereas if they were to take the time and and you know write unique content for each product. Uh, and, you know, like you said, take their own images, you know, pictures mm-hmm. of the image, uh, it's, it will be more authentic. And also, users will notice that too, because users will see the same image everywhere. Y- you're less credible to their eyes as opposed to having sure. something really unique. You know, when I had my soccer store, you know, back in the days, I learned that, uh, you know, instead of, you know, you can go on nike.com and get the, uh, the picture from nike's website but then what we did is we, we got a, one of those headless mannequins and then we would just put the jersey on and take a picture nice. and we didn't have the, the you know we were a small company so we didn't have the all the equipment that we should but even that was really a lot of consumers really liked it because and they it's also harder to copy from you you know so so if you produce your own images uh, you know it would be more authentic so you're 100% correct and and that's definitely Takes, it's a bigger undertaking. Uh, sure. It takes a lot of training with the CMS, you know, managers and and just the marketing staff of the clients. But it's a common problem that an opportunity for optimization. Yep.
1: We did figure out a content hack once for being able to scale on on e-commerce sites for uh, product details and and for categories. Is we use Amazon Mechanical Turk.
0: Yep. They have
1: a group of users that are called masters, and for a couple dollars, you know, you can. Uh, you provide a, a template, and you say, "Look at this page. Describe the picture. Describe the benefits of the picture. Describe the type of person that that this product would be good for." Um, and we we have all these different little criteria that we come up with where they answer the questions in a survey, and then you you just you know you use a spreadsheet, you uh, you load it up in Mechanical Turk, and within within a day or two, you could get a thousand people to to give you product information that you can then you know, give to somebody on the team to, to port over into the actual uh, landing pages. So you definitely want that level of moderation, but now you don't have to write it. All the writing's been done. Now you just have to you know, uh, borrow from the content that you ordered from people who answered questions about the product page. So it's it's still a lot of effort, but at least you don't have to manually write one page at a time. You can do a thousand pages in a day. Um, you just can't load them up as, as quickly as that. But that was a neat little way to um, uh, you know, to to get content quickly, uh, by simply sending out a survey with specific types of questions that that play into creating unique content. It's called Amazon Mechanical Turk, and sure. uh, I think we've used it before and done yeah. some fun, creative things with it in the past, right?
0: Yeah, hundred percent. And the Amazon Mechanical Turk, or you can get an intern in house and just mm-hmm. uh, a couple of interns is like you just write this product description with this template. Right. Like you mentioned, there's a lot of good solutions out there. And there's also automated solutions out there that I'm not a big fan of, but some use it. You know, it's getting better with, you know, uh, but uh, whatever you can do is try to work really hard to have those unique, um, y- your product content as unique as possible you can. And I mean, if you don't do it, Google is not going to penalize you, but you're missing a big opportunity on ranking because between you and, and the manufacturer, you know, Who's going to rank first? You know the manufacturer because you're, you're copying
1: their content. So yep. yeah, your your page can even get omitted from the search results. Exactly. I got to ask so what we talked about Shopify a bit. What are what are your favorite e-commerce platforms?
0: I like Shopify uh, with some restrictions and limitations you mentioned. Is definitely you know that catalog, whatever they call the product. That um, yeah. uh, I uh, Magento is what what one of our client uses. Uh, the the two is actually quite an improvement. Um, it's a paid, it's an expensive version. It's more expensive. The,
1: the, oh, not the community, but the professional version? Professional
0: version, yes. Okay. And uh, it's pretty pricey, you know. That's
1: uh, yeah, 20 or 30 grand a year or something, Yeah, isn't
0: or 30 it? grand a year, but if you have grand. volume, um, um, it may be worth it. Uh, WooCommerce is another one. Um, those are the really the, the recent ones that we, we've been working with. And, uh, and, 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 you know, again, there's a lot of them out there. It's just that I look for... Some of the basic things like no, I'm um, I able to modify the SEO easily, the title tag, metadata Can I and the page speed is
1: social mm-hmm. tags, open Graph, Twitter cards. All that right?
0: stuff. Exactly. Yeah. And the page feed is I cannot emphasize enough how important it is. Like I mean, three years ago when people were saying page speed, page speed, page speed, I'm like, okay, yeah, I know, whatever. But now I can actually see the impact it has. Um um on on your rankings and and of course your conversion we
1: we helped an attorney relaunch his website in the past week and his page speed uh is a fraction of what it was previously and his overall rankings are up across the board so yeah yeah, page speed can make an immediate impact to rankings which is weird normally you know when we used to make a change it was a few weeks to a few months before we noticed anything yeah Uh, in this case because it's it's faster um, you know, those users who do see it on the few impressions that he's getting in the search results are staying on his page. So we're getting more impressions because sure. Google's saying, oh, wow, something's changed. Something's better. People are responding differently and, and uh, respectively his rankings keep going up. Whether it's going to sustain or not, I don't know. But it's pretty exciting to watch, you know, the impact of, of page speed be so immediate like that. Yeah. We and conversion rates are impacted too, you know?
0: Yeah, we noticed the same thing too. Like when we improved the page speed of one of our clients uh, working with developers, like, like just the o- overall organic traffic jumped by like four or five percent, which is quite, you know, this is amazing. Well,
1: let's let's talk really quickly about since we're talking about organic a bit, uh, let's shift over to the paid search side of things. And I know in organic we mentioned category and product detail pages. Um, what is what is PPC in terms of of doing a, a, an e commerce search strategy, and and how would you address it?
0: Yeah, that's a good one. Um, you know, you know, as you know, SEO takes a little bit. You know, there's a lot of competition. Um, so, you know, and, you know, your clients or your boss, sometimes they want, this, they want to see, you know, sales coming in sooner so you can fund your marketing operations. So that's where you want to turn some PPC ads on. Uh, my experience has been with e-commerce is that some of the reasons that I explained earlier is that the reason you want to make sure you, you get your user experience right is because it's hard for e-commerce that let's say has 50,000 products to create different landing pages that are for PPC for each one of those products. So a lot of PPC tactics is just to send traffic to those product pages or category pages, or you can create the landing page just for your PPC by, you know, selecting certain products you're trying to promote. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what what we usually recommend is that, uh, you know, PPC can go wild. You can spend a lot of money promoting stuff, on, you know, and it can get really expensive. So uh, you got to do a little bit of math. First of all, you have to understand your, your KPIs. You have to understand is that what is your average order cost? What is your average order sell? You know, like what, what, what is going to be your ROI? And really focus on a really lower funnel type of sales. If you don't do PPC for branding, you do it to make sales. You use SEO to kind of grow your digital uh, footprint so so okay. our fo- our recommendations to most of our clients is that let's identify the products that have the biggest margin or b- biggest ROI for you and 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 then we try to optimize we, we try to bid for this product either through the google shopping and or through the Google search campaigns. Right. Uh, that's, that's been our strategy and it's worked really well you know our goal constantly you know is not just to improve you know we want to make sure that they have good roi justifying the ppca spend and then from the month and and as long as they have a positive roi we continue uh, um focusing the primary the primary channel right now for search is google but we've been tapping a lot into amazon you know a lot of a lot of our e-commerce ours also have amazon stores and they sell on amazon and amazon does support PPC services, right. a little, little bit of Bing as well. And some Facebook and Instagram, as you mentioned earlier, too, kind of like a waterfall strategy know we start research and then we, we kind of move on to other platforms.
1: Yeah, a big part of it is, um, is the shopping ads in the Google Merchant Center yeah. and yeah. uploading. You have to make sure you're on a, a, you know, e-commerce platform that provides a product feed that you can end up a, a shipping and return feed. Um, so if if you're lucky, you can actually get that beautiful little Google badge, you know, the uh, with the reviews and yeah. product reviews and so forth. Uh, that that could definitely improve conversion rates. But I've noticed I've noticed there's multiple ways that you can optimize your shopping feed. I know for larger catalogs, it becomes a little bit more difficult in how um, how you configure your your ad groups and negative keywords and so forth. Uh, I noticed for smaller uh, product categories, you and I worked on a, an account in the past. That did uh, freezeable lunch bags, oh, yeah. and we literally could create an ad group for every product because their product list was like less than twenty. So we could we could really sort of hyper optimize sure. our um, our ad groups from our product feeds within the Google Ads platform. But I've noticed for larger catalogs that third party services can make optimizing a little bit easier, such as Feedonomics. Yeah. I know Feedonomics did a pretty decent job with allowing you to take the default garbage that your CMS will spit out sometimes. And rewrite it so that you have more compelling titles and product descriptions uh, to give your yourself a chance to compete in those you know uh, product searches in Google Shopping.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. I uh, we we don't we haven't used a lot of third party uh, tools as of yet, but definitely you know you have a good point when when your e commerce. Um, accounts are really huge uh, you know you definitely want to use some of the third party tools to create those ad groups it's it's going to be pretty time consuming not only to create them but to manage them so, so you're going to need a little bit of uh, help there
1: um, how, would, how would you create so we talked about Google a bit and being and, and yep. Amazon um, how do you create a facebook PP, uh, ppc campaign because i click on those things all the time and i'm like i should be banned i should not be allowed to look at facebook yeah. or instagram because i'm like following my family and then all of a sudden i'm like oh cool this could improve my memory or this is right. gonna give me less stress at work and i'm just clicking on everything like an idiot yeah. um, how do you create a, a Facebook PPC campaign?
0: You brought a really good point because people on Facebook like to click stuff, but they don't have it necessarily the intention of buying, right? Because mm-hmm. They go on Facebook to socialize, so you have to get your audience list like in order. For example, a good audience list is that the shopping cart abandoned the last sixty days. And maybe you want to retarget them with. Um, in a new promotion, you know, ten percent so off. Can,
1: you can upload a list of anyone who's made a purchase through you as a customer list on Google and Facebook, right?
0: Exactly. You can do that on Google and Facebook as well. On Google as well, but on Facebook, you know, it's a lot like email marketing. You want to have different lists. You know, last ninety days customers, last thirty days customers, the customers who only bought one time you know, you want to get them to buy again so yeah it's you have to segment those audience lists and that's really what it is and that's how you can uh, reduce those wasted clicks as opposed to the traditional very basic uh, retargeting of hey let's retarget whoever visited a website that's where you start getting a lot of clicks of unwanted clicks but if if you were like let's say if you were able to identify all your shopping cart abandoned uh, mm-hmm users and upload that list for the last 30 days and and you know you would have a pretty good idea that why they abandoned maybe maybe you can offer them free shipping maybe you can offer them a 10 percent 20 percent off you're right. more likely to see results in facebook so so you have to have your you, you have to have the strategy in facebook uh in place we do have a good facebook team that you know that that do really good job with that stuff you know uh,
1: yeah that's unless, unless uh they're on the new ios apparently there's some yeah, some uh, issues now with the way that ios is going to be trying to block and and do a better job for privacy which affects our ability as marketers to um you know to hit some of those users again or to put them into audience yeah. lists so it's going to get really complicated but um i think that's that's a, a topic for another discussion probably yeah. after it happens to see the what that difference issues, looks like
0: the cookie issue is going to definitely create some sort of challenges so so that's where you have to kind of get away from the third party data and kind of start you know working you know focusing on own um, yep. data
1: and well for those for those on a budget what are what are some ways i know dennis you likes to talk about how he has this this dollar a day facebook idea and i thought that was really interesting but in, in your experience if you're a small business um how do you get cheap ppc traffic
0: um to be honest with you i wouldn't yeah, that
1: same breath of ah, oh, it's hard because no. you know how expensive PPC can be.
0: I just don't, I just don't like the word cheap. If if you understand yeah. your KPIs well, like let's say like 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 I mentioned earlier, if you if you know which product you're gonna promote and you know your profit margin, you know your cost per, you know, your basic KPIs, you know, you know, your cost per acquisition, you know, your average order size, you know, all that stuff. Then, mm-hmm. then, then if you can get that in a positive zone, then whatever money you're making you can reinvest back in PPC. That should be, uh, if you just go after cheap, you know, you, you know, you, you, get what you pay for, right? So if you just go after cheap PPC traffic, you know, th- there's a reason, for example, if we have a client and this is not e-commerce who is still paying like four or $500 a click for a keyword he's in a personal injury you know space because he knows that it has a, you know eventually will convert into a big case for him so he's yeah. willing to spend four or five hundred dollars so it is as uh, i recommend stay over from cheap and try to identify uh you know the positive roi and, and go after you know uh, the big fish you know and and it's really hard it's, it's not uh, but uh Branded, obviously, you want to protect your brand. So, most of the times, we recommend to bid on your own brand and kind of like start phasing it out as your SEO improves. Um, your main products that you 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 have the best, you have a lot in stock and you have a, you know big profit margin on. Uh, you know, go after you know different variation of it, long tail. But at the, at the end of the day, you you want to go after the keyword to convert convert the most, and you have the you have the you really have to get to know your cost per acquisition for each keyword. Sure. So exactly. focus,
1: focus on the less competitive, longer tail keywords. Yeah, and for avoid sure. Some less, of those.
0: Competitive, less competitive, longer tail. So as long as they convert, um, it's, it's, right. a good, it's a good place to start.
1: And yeah, let the bidding, bidding algorithms do their magic. You go yeah. in there, specify what you're willing to spend and how much you're willing to spend. And it might take a month or two for their little algorithms to Perfect. to kick in to get you you know the return on ad spend that you want. But yeah. um, yeah, that's a good approach, and a lot of patience too. I think like like with SEO, it's just letting letting some of those bidding algorithms mature and and collect data. Um, it's frustrating because you want things to work, and yeah. I see so many businesses that will say, "Screw it, kick up the bids," right. you know. And like you said, they'll spend a thousand dollars for a you know a, a sale on something and go, "Oh, forget it, this didn't work for me." But instead, if they just set it low um, and and just sit and wait and let it do its thing. Yeah. um uh, over time you you see the you know the return on ad spend for sure
0: yeah and the other optimization you want to constantly optimize so you can reduce costs you know like you improve your quality score you know your costs reduce a little bit you, you do some day parting like you know just review what day what time of the day you're getting clicks and you know, getting on conversions maybe you, you don't want to you have a limited quality. budget
1: you know run your ads at at 10 o'clock at night till midnight
0: <laughs> yeah i mean you have to understand that maybe your budget should be your ad should only be on during the time that you convert. You know, since right. you no, know, so so just constant optimization and and like you said, patience as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of your tips for how you increase PPC conversions uh, when you're thinking about e-commerce?
0: Yeah, e-commerce. I I I think really the, the, the one thing that we constantly see is that you have to have a separate ad groups for, you know, you first of all you have to have. I don't know about single keyword SKAs, uh, single keyword ad groups, but I do, yeah. I, because it's a lot of work. But I yeah, that's where
1: every ad group has has a phrase match, exact match, exactly. and broad modified, which now is gone. Right now, it's just yeah. phrase match. So we have phrase match broad broad and exact. broad, and exact.
0: Yeah, it's it's back to what it used to be. Um, <laughs> uh, it's about you know um, what I recommend is that. Uh, you want to create ad groups based on intent, uh, you know, by right. theme and intent and theme, you know, so like if and just uh, an opt and have landing pages Like for e-commerce. What we do is that we create, you know, uh, landing pages on the fly. You know, basically they look lot like, like category pages, but they're made for PPC. And with, with the products that we've grouped, so there's product grouping and, and keyword grouping for those products, and then we drive traffic. Um, to those to those pages. So the landing page is very important The ad groups You, you know people do read those ads um, so so you so, so you just you want to make sure that just like No, you don't just have the product name in there. You you want to have uh, some description about why You know why you as opposed to your competitors your competitors are only clicks away from you so so getting your ad groups uh, organized getting your landing pages organized and then and Having a really awesome ad copy, take full advantage of, of the uh, ad extensions, um, and, then, um, and then and and uh, and and um, the ad extensions do show some of the stuff like reviews and ratings and things like that. So make sure you ha- you, you you fully utilize all all, all that features before because
1: those can help your click through rates, your your ad relevancy scores. I remember back in the day when when you looked at Ad Rank, you know the the formula was you know your um, you know, at the time it was it was based on your quality score and it was based on your bid yeah. and then they added an ad format and then ad rank completely you know started to, to move into something completely different over the years and now it's yeah. it's ad relevancy it's likely uh, or expected click-through rate it was like all these different competitive um, quality score metrics that that expanded on uh, where you're going to rank in the in the paid search based on those individual things. Now, it's great that they're finally giving us more of those. Back in the day, you're like, what's quality score determined by? Oh, we can't really talk about that. That's our secret sauce. And they start yeah. breaking it into those little chunks, which makes it a lot easier. One thing I have noticed on PPC conversions, though, is, is when you do testing with uh, the call-to-action buttons. Um, I know uh, with, with Belkin, we, we made some suggestions on making their, their buy now or add to cart button much larger. Um, and... Uh, it was a subdued black at one point, and we, you know, gave him suggestion to change the color a bit, and we did notice uh, a lot better uh, conversion rates just by by playing around with that button and making it more prominent. Uh, we saw the same thing on Bob'sWatches.com. You know, by by modifying the size and the prominence of the actual add to cart button, it drew your attention to that and sort of psychologically reminded your brain to click it or made your brain want to click it. Um, I thought that was that was really interesting. One really fun thing we did when uh, on one site that was, uh, you know, a, a buy and sell website, we needed to sell inventory quick um, because, you know, we we just, you know, we're at that point, we're like, hey, you know, we've bought all this product. Now we need to sell some. So we we throttle on this neat little feature that instead of it being like a light box or a, a pop up, it, it just literally is a CSS. And it, it in the middle of the page, it would drop down and it would say, um, hey, we've noticed you've been looking at this item for a few seconds. Um, So, you know, we we really want you to have this if you buy it in the next, you know, five minutes, or it was a lot more more expensive product. So we give them like 20 minutes. If you buy this in the next 20 minutes, um, you can save, you know, another 30% or 20%. So it, it invoked the need to a urgency to to purchase it. So we when we did this, we we sold with a timer. By the way, it was counting down. Um, we sold three times as many product when we uh, when we did that, and we got the user into our opt in because now they were a shopper, uh, and we could remarket to them and, and get them to buy something at regular price down the road. So so it all the lifetime value of that client balanced out you know a little bit of that that's um, you know that's a cost leader that we put out there to begin with. But that was, those are a couple of things that I've noticed really work. Was there one thing in particular that stood out for you and in, in sort of landing page conversion optimization at the product detail level?
0: Um, I think chatbots. Like I think I think you know okay. people do have questions, and if you, if your product you feel like your product needs some more explaining to do, I think yeah. I think that that could help. Um, you know, I mean, in some, in some cases it could be distractions, but in some cases it, you know it can help. So you have to be able to identify that, and as I mentioned earlier, is that you really want to be able to uh, help the users having, you know, seen the content they want. You 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 worked really hard. You paid a lot of money for that click to come to your website, and and you don't want to disappoint. Them. So 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 the user experience and the content of that page is really important. It's all about. It's that's why SEO and SCM kind of go in hand in hand, and. If, if 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 you have an SEO guy doing his thing and an SEO gal, a gal is doing her thing, and they're not talking to each other, and there's there could be a lot of missed opportunities there.
1: Uh, yep. In the world, where, where have you seen where have you seen businesses go wrong with um with doing e-commerce SEO or PPC?
0: I mean, some of the things we just mentioned earlier, just like not um for SEO, just not doing the products, uh, not not investing in the product content. Uh, unique product content, and that's just and those images, as we mentioned, taking
1: a easy route, copying and pasting
0: exactly, and, and 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 also not having it, not truly understanding their consumer journey, you know, you know like uh, and and trying to understand. It. I mean, so you have to be, be a good marketer and figure out like who you're going after. You just don't want to go after a keyword search volume, you know, like we said, you want to see which keywords are. Or you should be going after for SEO and SEM, and and what and who are these customers? How can you? Uh, the better you understand the psychology of the consumer, the better you can optimize your campaigns on ad copy level, on a landing page content level, and SEO content level, and you can form your strategy around around your uh, your target audience. And and uh, you you want to have a, in my opinion, more in- integrative approach to marketing. You know, right. ten years ago, five years ago, you know the social media expert was doing his or her thing, you know, uh, the SEO person was doing, you know, different things and you should at least be on the same page. You have, in some cases it may not make sense for you to bid on your branded terms because you're already ranking for it organically and you're just wasting your money. So maybe you can shift some of that money into non-branded terms. In, yeah. in some cases you have to protect your brand because your competitors are bidding on yours. So yeah, you have, so so you have to have that open, And if you just have this one size fit all approach.
1: That budget allocation thing where it's, you start with the company name as a a campaign and then you have product name as a campaign. So you've got branded squared away. Then you get into product type, right? When someone's looking for running shoe or walking shoe. Then you get into product benefits right because that's kind of the next level down we're not really looking to buy yet but they're looking for something to help them with the problem sure. and then last lastly if, if you have to do it at all you can get into like competitor conquesting and going after some of the things that your competitors are getting traffic from i think that's for sure you know what's interesting is amazon does make quite a bit of money uh, from their affiliates um i've never really had much experience with that and and, and you've been doing e-commerce seo for for a while are you are you working with any sort of affiliate PPC campaigns and and how is that how has that worked or where, you, where have you seen success
0: we don't do a lot of affiliate as of right now but the only company we work with does uh, print and demand for affiliates so okay. so so we've done the other way so we are we are trying to target them uh, getting them to come and become become an affiliate. Uh, so I won't have a lot of opinion about that right now, unfortunately. But it, that's something that I've been looking into for myself as a as a side, um, you know, side gig. Everyone likes affiliate
1: money, right? It's like yeah. you get a paycheck, and you're like, "What do I do?" Oh, I just I created a blog post, and it had a right. a, a link to a, an Amazon article. A lot of those yeah. those yeah. bloggers out there that get hundreds of thousands of visits a month, they monetize their sites by you know by recommending Amazon affiliate links, and even YouTubers now find the links in my description, and you know it's. All that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, like, I, I get targeted by those guys all the time. You know, and, and blo- you know, I read blog posts. You know, it's a sponsored blog post. You, you know, and and and. Uh, it, it, to, in my opinion, I, I still like to discover uh, uh, the brand and search myself because it feels more authentic and it's not to an influencer telling me. So, but yeah, definitely, influencer marketing is is sure. a big thing for e-commerce and 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 uh, and that's something that. It's going to get bigger and bigger. as Time goes by. You know, TikTok right now has made a lot of millionaires just by being, mm-hmm. you know, influencers and, and, and affiliates. So that's, so that's definitely an opportunity for many e-commerce shops.
1: That, uh, this has been amazing. a lot of fun going through and geeking out a little bit with you on, on yeah. e-commerce search. I know we're getting near the top of the hour. Um, before we do, are you ready for a lightning round of questions?
0: Sure. Uh, what is- I didn't
1: give you any hints on these too, so you're totally winging it. You ready? Yeah, Sure. All right, your favorite three SEO tools, go.
0: Uh, Screaming Frog, SEMrush, and Google Search Console.
1: Oh my God, we, we're like brothers from another mother, man. <laughs> <laughs> who should we be following in the SEO industry today?
0: Uh, definitely you, Steve Wiedemann. Um, oh, come on. Um, not, Neil Patel, not Neil Patel.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Um, I'm bad with names. I have all of them on my Facebook, but, uh, uh-huh. but
1: uh, who do you recommend? Uh, Aleda right now and Lily Ray. Um Lily Steve Ray sure. doing great things.
0: Yeah, for sure
1: mm-hmm. Um cool. What are your favorite SEO groups in Facebook or LinkedIn? And I know you're in our search marketers club, so
0: Yeah. Cool. Yeah, your uh, your group search marketer club clubs. Uh to be honest with you, I I don't <laughs> I don't know. Like I I I'm in, in a bunch of groups and I i I just based on topics that I see popping out sometimes sure. I
1: participate, but hey, if it if it shows up in in alerts, I'll jump in right in like these groups and if something looks interesting, you dive in yeah.
0: my recommendation yeah. is get in and if they have a uh, hundreds of thousands of followers, yeah um that means they're they legit,
1: yeah, and it means that there's a lot of noise too there's so be careful, noise, especially sure. ones. yeah um, what's one s e o myth that you still see that drives you crazy
0: one s e o myth uh-huh. I...
1: You're gonna say PBN.
0: Um, I was just gonna go. Yeah, I was just. I still think, uh, like bounce rate. You know, bounce rate. Okay. Uh, bounce rate is our definition of bounce rate, and what Google understands the bounce rate is two different things. I it's mean, true. When people say, "Oh, reduce your bounce rate, your SEO will improve," no, because no, I know
1: our our bounce rate tanked on this lawyer website that we uh, we just redid, and the conversion right. rate went up by over fifty four percent.
0: Yeah. And, and and that's what it is bounce rate and SEO. Uh, it's it's not the correlation isn't there, uh, you know. And in Google Analytics, you can get your bounce rate below one percent really easily. You just have to figure out where to put the code. We so, <laughs> yeah, right. So, so, yep. so I think that that was one myth that I've always tried to argue against. Um, and, uh, and and and. Uh,
1: you know like cool. bounce rate. That's a good one. I like that. What's what's the fastest way to rank a new page on organic search results since we're talking about e-commerce? Yeah. I'm going to give you a category page. How do we get this category page to rank in organic quick?
0: Um, do everything that you have to do on page, you know the title tag, and the descriptions, um, and uh, headings and subheadings. Make sure that page has content worth reading. You know,
1: if- my my hack has been uh, looking at the first page of the results for the keyword for that category, and and making sure that you have everything and more that the the top guys in the top ten results have. Yeah. Uh, and then I would get all of the links that those pages have earned. So that way you have an overlap of of inbound links oh, that- uh, from the different pages that appear on page one. That's always been my little. Quick hack is have everything and more, uh, and then you know get all the links that all of those pages ha- have earned as opposed to just one or more.
0: Better learn from master, uh, yeah, for sure.
1: What's your fastest way to rank a listing in Google Maps? We uh, I mean, didn't talk about Google Maps much, but what's what's one little uh, trick that you've learned?
0: Uh, I mean, honestly, this is this kind of may not be 100% kosher, but make sure that your business, you know, so, so if you're a car accident attorney, you want to have the word car accident attorney in Google Maps, yeah. you know, so, uh, but Google doesn't like it, but, but if you have your name and then car accident attorney, you might be able to get away with it, but Kind of falls into maybe the gray hat because you have to it actually has to be your name on a Google Maps, but if
1: we've you, we've had a client change their name to add personal injury lawyers and we noticed a difference. Yeah, uh, so they, they added their name, yeah. personal injury lawyers, and they moved up from three to two.
0: Yeah, you gotta put the keyword in the name in your names for sure. That, but
1: they legitimately changed their business name. They didn't yeah. uh, they didn't try to hack it or lie. They went in and, and it's updated with the Bar Association and all those guys too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. what is the most important landing page SEO focal point? in your opinion?
0: Uh, you mentioned earlier, you know, just having, constantly reminding consumer... One,
1: one focal point, though. Title, description, okay. heading... Okay, got it. Speed. What's the one thing that you think is the most important landing page SEO focal point?
0: Not an easy question to answer because I think they're yeah. all important. But if you could only do
1: one thing, what would it be? Uh,
0: if, if it... Uh, oh, that's hard. I think I would do title to I would, okay. I would change the title. I would make it I would make it match what I wanted to the product, what I want to do. Because
1: that's the first thing the user sees in the search results. That affects your, your keyword relevancy and the user's search behavior. That's like yep.
0: the biggest ad copy you see in the search results.
1: Yep. Well we gotta wrap up here, but I got a couple more. Let's see if we can burn through them. Um, what is your number one best link building technique?
0: Um, I'll link mention if you're a more established business, chances are is that you have a lot of People talking about you and they have a link to mm-hmm. you. So just doing I an mean, outreach to them either through email, social media, asking them for a link. That
1: so unlinked, unlinked mentions.
0: Yeah, that's, nice. I mean that works really easily if you know. Yeah, because
1: they already like you. They
0: already yeah. like you. Yeah.
1: Um, e A T expertise, authority, trust. Is it more important to have that on the landing page, like the quality raters guideline, or is, is E A T more of an off uh, off page signal?
0: Uh, I, I think definitely on pages you got to get your on okay. yeah so it's off page as well, but definitely on page as well.
1: Last one does offline marketing help with keyword rankings?
0: Yeah, for sure. I think everything you know, that's what I said everything kind of helps everything. so, so you, you want to be talking to your offline marketers and, and making sure you're all on the same page, promoting the same type of products and things and because the, the journey is very complicated. You're online, you're offline. You're on your mobile, you're on your desktop, you're on your, yeah. uh, you know, Amazon Echo. So, so, so yeah, everything kind of works together. So it's important to, to talk to everybody in your department.
1: In your marketing well, uh, department. Congratulations, man. You survived the lightning round. <laughs> Thank Thanks you. for hanging out with me today and, and sharing right. with all, all of our listeners, all these great e-commerce SEO tips. What are some, some ways that if someone wanted to learn more about e-commerce or talk to you about doing some PPC for e-commerce that they could reach you?
0: Just go on our website, safadi.net, um, and okay. just click on contact us. I'm usually very easy and fast um, in replying. so you can- I saw
1: that on a bathroom mirror once. I was wondering what that was about. <laughs> 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 so you heard it Al, it, it says safadi.net, and you have a, a Twitter too, right?
0: Yeah, it's Safadi and Company. Safadi Company, that's our Twitter. I, I'm on LinkedIn. So just, just go search for me, Al Safadi. I share almost daily. I share things daily. I look forward, uh, you know, I, I'm a big follower of yours on LinkedIn too. So look, looking forward to the next content that you release.
1: Yeah, we, we definitely got to do this again. Thanks, for uh, for hanging out with us. And guys, thanks for listening. We'll sure. see you on the next episode.